Welcome to King's Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about King's Church, visit kcnyc.org. Merry Christmas, King's Church family. Glad to be with you this Christmas morning. Hope you had fun unwrapping presents or whatever uh, you do. We do presents usually on Christmas Eve, so uh, Christmas morning is more of a... uh, a response from the night before. I'm not sure what we're doing right now. I'm currently with Derek here at church a couple of days before Christmas. Uh, but I wanted to be here and just to encourage our King's Church family. And I like the, I like the term family because the term family as related to church life is true. We're, we're born into a new world, a new universe in Christ. This whole conversation that 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 Jesus has with Nicodemus. Nicodemus is this public intellect, this Pharisee, and he's trying to get his brain wrapped around what it means to be a part of this new life. And and Jesus says it's like being born again. It's actually literally being born again, that you're not just physically born, but your spirit is born, and you're born into a new family. And that is what the Christmas story ultimately is about. The very core of the Christmas story is new birth. We were born as a race one time with Adam and Eve and placed in this beautiful garden. And you know that story. And we ate off of the tree and we broke the world. And then Jesus came and he would one day climb a tree and take our place. But first he was born and This is the Christmas story that Jesus came into the world, that God put on flesh, that he was born through the Virgin Mary. And all of these miraculous events indicate an invitation from heaven for you and for me for all things to be made brand new. I remember when I was a youth pastor, we had a young man that had gotten saved and we were baptizing And on the Sunday he was baptized, Bethany and I were driving him home. It's before we had any kids. And he said, I just feel like, after his baptism, he just said, kept saying, I just feel like it's the first day of school. Like when you're a little kid and you're going to kindergarten and everything is brand new and you have new socks on and you're so excited. And and he was trying to describe this this new birth experience that he was having. And and that's what the Christmas story is about. And I want to read uh, with you from the book of Luke and talk through some of, at least the the beginning parts of the Christmas story. So Luke chapter 1, verse 26, it says this, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee. The city was named Nazareth. Nazareth is a funny town. It's not mentioned anywhere in the Old Testament. Uh, It's not mentioned in the Talmud. It's not mentioned in the writings of Josephus. It's not mentioned anywhere. Um, It is a a small leftover town. And it has to be mentioned that God loves to use and he chooses expressly the small and leftover places, the places that have been overlooked, the places that are not mentioned, the places that didn't get in the top of the class. God loves to use those things to make his glory shown. He's showing us that he doesn't need our cities or our buildings or our systems or our cameras or our lights or our action or our lasers to make his 
manifest presence known in the earth. And you need to know that, and I need to know that. This year, God, I don't know if I'm going to get my New Year's resolution perfect. I don't know if I'm going to, you know, cross all the T's and dot all the I's, but I give my life, I give the city of my life that's obscure and passed over to you. Please come and make your home there. Nazareth, uh, the name of that city means uh, a shoot, like the shoot of a branch. And that's a beautiful thing because the, when Jesus comes into our life, when the presence of God comes and fills us, there's a new branch of life. It's delicate, it's nascent, it's fragile, and, it, and, it, and it's this offspring, this shoot of life that comes out of anywhere. And the, the scriptures prophesied in the book of Isaiah that Jesus would be like a shoot out of dry ground, like this place, Nazareth, is a fulfillment of that prophecy in Isaiah. It says this, Isaiah 53, 2, he grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground, he had no stately form or majesty to attract us, no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows acquainted with grief, like one from whom men hid their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. So both this name Nazareth, where Mary's from, um, its meaning and the actual state of the town represented the obscure and the passed over and the looked over. We have such a desperation in our culture, in the American church, in the Western church, to make our thing look appealing, make it look amazing. And, and, and there's something okay about that when we want to honor God with beauty and excellence. That's totally fine. But we have to remember that God doesn't need that. Uh, and sometimes that gets in the way of of the establishment of God. And so if you're in a place in your life where you're like, God, you know, I know you're at work in my life, but it seems little and it seems obscure. That's okay. That's how God starts. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. It's the littlest seed of all of the seeds of all of the plants in the garden. And then it's planted and the tree after time and season and faithfulness, it becomes larger than every plant in the garden and overshadows all of the things of the garden. Let's read the next verse. Verse 27, in, there's this place named Nazareth. There is a lady named Mary. Verse 27 says she was um, a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph out of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. At this time in ancient Israel, betrothal was like our engagement. It was very, very serious. Um, betrothal was commitment one man to a woman and actually in order to break betrothal you had to go to a, a through a process similar to divorce in ancient Israel so this shows us that Mary was committed she was a part of a family that had values and structure and order and she was a part of a plan and she had a plan in her life and she was about to be married and there was I'm sure dreams and things that she wanted to do and then God comes in and the whole plan gets tossed up in the air and that happens when Jesus comes in our life when Jesus comes into us when we begin to carry Christ inside of us Romans says the spirit of Jesus lives inside us when we begin to be carriers of 
of Jesus, our life gets thrown upside down, that our plans change, that the things that we dreamt or the things that we hoped for, all of that gets reordered because the life of God comes in and chooses us, even though we're in obscurity, even though we've been looked over, God looks down from heaven and gets a hold of them. And here in this story, we have Mary. And I love the story of Mary. I love the idea of carrying Christ, of being people that, like Mary, carried Christ and uh, and the excitement and the new life and and the supernatural encounter and then dealing with the public and the potential shame and embarrassment and the awkwardness and pregnancy and all of these things really represent the believer carrying Christ uh, uh, nurturing the gift of God that's been planting on the planted on the inside of them I love the picture the Christmas story is such a picture of Christians being being imbued with the life of God, with new purpose and new hope and new destiny. And you're not living for yourself anymore. The pregnant mother, she sleeps different. She eats different. She, you know, does, she doesn't ride on roller coasters. She does things to protect the life inside of her. And the question we have to ask ourselves as believers are, are we doing things to protect the life of God inside of us? What are we consuming? What are we viewing? What are we doing with ourselves? Because this God life is important. And if it's developed fully, it can affect and change the entire world. Mary's name means bitter. And there's all kinds of weird um, hijinks, uh, jumping checks that are played with her name. Um, some people think it has something to do with the ocean and, and stars and all of this kind of very uh, tan uh, uh, um, stretched thin. What's the word I'm looking for? Tenuous. There it is. <laughs> Tenuous. Uh, analysis as related to her name. But, but really the basic Hebrew root means bitter waters. And you would expect the name of Mary to be something like, you know, blessed mom, great, great mom, greatest mom of all time, something else, not bitter waters. And um, so when you are reading the scripture and you come across something that you don't understand, then it's important to say, what does this mean? And if you remember, or if you grew up in church, maybe you remember the story in Exodus of the people of Israel, they're wandering, they've left Egypt, and they're wandering the desert, and they're looking for water, and they're thirsty, and they're uh, in the woods, and they come across a place called Mara, which is the root of Mary's name, and there are, there are waters there, but the waters are bitter waters. And let me read this scripture in Exodus 15, 22. It says, Then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea, and they moved out into the desert of Shur. They traveled into the, this desert for three days without finding any water. Verse 23, When they came to the oasis of Marah, the water was too bitter to drink, so they called the place Marah, which means bitter. And... That's like many of our lives, and we're searching for something that would refresh us and fulfill us, and we're wandering the desert. And that's what people are like before Christ. They're, they're searching for this answer, for something that would satiate the desires of the heart. 
They're looking for a home. They're looking for fulfillment. And, and work doesn't do the trick. And work outs don't do the trick. And money doesn't do the trick. And you don't know that until you get the things. And then when you get the things, you realize they're not fulfilling. And the Israelites are wandering through the desert looking for something that, they will, that will satiate their souls. And when they find the waters, they find that, they, the, that those waters that they were searching for are bitter. And that is, to some degree, a picture of the human experience. Bono sings the song, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And that's that same picture of you get a hold of the thing and you get to the waters and they're not fulfilling. When I first moved to New York, I um, was at a, I was, I went to this fashion show, this runway show, and I kind of grew up in being into fashion, thought it was cool. And, and um, Bethany and I got there and it was like this very elite runway show we were at and I, I found that the people there were the most insecure people I'd ever encountered in my entire life. They were desperate for someone to say, wow, you dress so well, or wow, look how creative you are, or wow. It was the most insecure environment I'd ever been in and I, I just had that sense that like people are playing this dress-up game, the fashion game, game, they climb to the top of the mountain, they get to the, the well on the peak of the fashion mountain, and they get to the well, and the waters are gross and dirty. And that happens in finance. People are gunning to get their finances. As soon as I have my debt paid off, I'll finally be fulfilled, and then their debt is paid off, and they have money in the bank, and they're, and they're looking in the well, and it's like, it's still bitter. It's not fulfilling because we were never meant to be fulfilled by the things of this world. We were meant to be fulfilled ultimately by heaven. The next verse in verse 24, it says this, then the people complained and turned against Moses. What are we going to drink? They demanded. So Moses cried out to the Lord for help and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. And Moses threw it into the water and this made the water good to drink. The people are thirsty, the people cry out, Moses is shown a piece of wood and the wood is thrown into the water and the water is cleansed and it becomes pal palatable, it becomes actually refreshing and life-giving for the people of Israel and saves them in this juncture in the desert. And we know that in the Bible, we see prophetic symbolism, and oftentimes when we see a piece of wood, especially a salvific piece of wood, it represents the cross. Acts 5.30, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hung on a tree. Acts 10.39, and we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, who they slew and hung on a tree. Acts 13.29, and when they had fulfilled all that was written, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a sepulcher. Christ turns the bitter waters sweet. And Mary's name means bitter waters. And, and she's been given this gift and she's uh, embodying Christ. The virgin is with a babe and her life will be full of beauty and full of bitterness. But then there will be this moment at the cross, this most bitter moment where the whole world will be able to access the life and the water and the beauty and the refreshing and the new birth in Christ Jesus. 
through this moment of bitterness. Mary's name means bitter in part because she's a picture that when Christ comes into your life, the waters go from bitter to sweet. She becomes the mother of God. In the book of Acts, she's a part of the upper room Acts community that are all filled with the Spirit and begin to have the waters of life flowing out from them, just like Jesus said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. And from inside his bellies, rivers of living water, not bitter water, but fresh, beautiful, sweet water will flow out from, from him. And so when we come to Christ, um, we're not born anymore through the bitter waters. And this is the other picture that I think is really fascinating. When we're, when we're born in this normal life, we're born in pain and we're born in uh, uh, frustration. We're born in a- anguish. What marks the birth of every human being is being born in pain. Children are born in pain and anguish and labor, but the new life The new birth in Christ Jesus is a birth in joy, in beauty, in goodness, in life. The Christmas story is is more than, you know, a tree and donkeys in a major. It represents the new birth of us all. The access created by God through Jesus who hung on a tree that made the bitter waters sweet and made a new birth into new waters. Not the original birth through the the water of pain and the water of bitterness, but a new birth into this life in God that we would know God, that there would be a way to know the the Father in heaven and be fulfilled in that relationship and have the living life of God spring forth from us. Though born in obscurity, though born in pain, though born in bitterness, when the life of Christ comes to us, the waters change. The fundamental things of the earth are transformed from bitter to sweet. I love the Christmas story because there is a a moment in history where man was not calling upon God, but it was the desire of the heart of God to reach out and to grab the heart of man. And he did this through a virgin, Mary, and he sent Christ Jesus, and Jesus was born, and he lived, and he testified of the goodness of God, and he died and rose, that you and I would have new life and new birth. And what do we do on birthdays? We we have gifts and we give presents and we we give things to those we love and we celebrate together and and so we have christmas the mass or church service as catholics call it the mass of christ the celebration of the birth of christ that's what the service is and it's a day where we say thank you lord for coming and being born among men that men may be born in the spirit and so, King Church family, those born anew, those born again, those who are not born of the flesh, but born of the spirit, those who are uh, not striving in pain and bitterness, but are walking in the grace and forgiveness of our good God. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas and encourage you to set your sights on Jesus, the babe born in the manger for us all to be born again. Hey, thanks for listening to today's podcast. Acts 20:27 20, says, "For I have not hesitated 
to proclaim the whole counsel of God. And that's something that we're trying to do at King's Church. We're trying to steward God's word and share it to a generation. If you want to partner in us sharing the whole counsel of God's truth, please text KCNYC to 77977 and partner with us here at King's Church to get God's message, his whole counsel, all over the place on podcasts and on radio and around the world so believers like you would be encouraged. Thanks.